Hello, welcome again to the Kilcullen Diaries SoundCloud. I'm Brian Byrne. In this episode, we're going to Kenya in Africa, where Jerry O'Donoghue established the Maintain Hope charity some 16 years ago to support a children's home in Nagong outside Nairobi. Jerry has strong links with Kilcullen, and people here and other parts of Kildare have been very generous to the charity, especially in contributing to a wide range of fundraisers here. The annual Acoustic Picnic musical event in Kilcullen is a case in point. All of the money raised over the years has gone both to help the daily needs of those in the home as well as supporting them to further education. Maintain Hope also supports families to have the children live in family homes where possible. The arrival of the coronavirus in Kenya, as in everywhere else, has thrown normal life into a spin. All schools have been closed, and most of the children supported by the home have been sent back to families where possible. This has brought about a crisis, both in care and in funding for the operation. I asked Jerry O'Donoghue first to outline the situation at the children's home. Well, uh, the biggest effect it has on, on, on the children, uh, we've, we've placed most of them back with their families or with foster care or with um, with relations, so the biggest probably immediate lack is the fact that the schools are closed, because that was the, the network, that was the the way we had of keeping a handle on how they were doing. We made sure that they got at least two meals every day. They got breakfast when they went to school, and they got their lunch. And the reason, of course, that they were eligible for those meals, that they paid for those meals, is because they just didn't have the resources at home. So it has that effect on them. They've also um, We've lost the ability to track their their uh, physical and their mental health because some of them uh, would be from very very difficult situations. So basically, the closure of the schools and the network of people and volunteers that that supported has pretty much broken down the communications we had directly with the families. Even though Julius actually as late as today you now he visited all the families with with a food drop for Easter, so he was able to check on most of them and hopefully by the end of the weekend. We'll have a good status report on, on all of the families and all of the children. But uh, it, it's the uncertainty, I suppose, and fear and the lack of the support that they normally would have. That's probably the biggest impact at this stage. What impact is it having then on, on your own resources and maintain hope to carry out the food drops and everything else that has to be done logistically instead of having it in the school itself? Yeah, well, a lot of the a lot of the resources we had set aside, for example, for school fees and emergency and medical funds, we now had to divert to buying food for the families. We normally would do uh, a food drop once a month to the most needy families, and then we do a seasonal food drop at you know at peak times during the during the school holidays because the children would be at home uh, usually with their with their mother, sometimes with their aunt. Rarely is there a male um, role model present, but it it has the effect really of putting a drain on resources that we had set aside for, for other uh, purposes. And not alone that, but it also means now that we can't replenish them, because obviously with the, uh, with the effect of the COVID-19 here on social gatherings and literally just talking to people physically, it means that the normal, if you like, walk-up donors and people who would normally support us, we just don't have access to them or they don't have access to us. So the need probably was never greater, and the opportunity to fill that need was probably never, never less. So it's, it's the perfect storm from a fundraising point of view, actually. You're asking people to um, consider doing the 10 or a month campaign donation that you have been running for some time. It's, it's 
probably the worst time in the world to be asking people for money, but um, it's it's we we have this tenor month campaign as we call it, where people if they can afford it are asked to commit to ten euro a month, and they can access the details as to set it up online on our on our website. It's just a way of making sure that at least we have some steady funds, at least to make sure that the children have food and medicine until we have a chance to draw our breath and see where and how we can proceed after these clouds have lifted. But we're appealing to people. A lot of people said, oh, I meant to do that. And genuinely, people have meant to do it. And all I'm saying now is that if they've ever thought about doing it, that perhaps now is the time to do it when it's needed most. Tell me, how significant has the 10 a month campaign been to your fundraising efforts over recent years? I suppose um, it's been the backbone, really, from the point of view that while it's not always the single biggest element, it's an element of fundraising that we can absolutely depend on so that we can absolutely guarantee a minimum standard of food and medicine to the children um, so that if at least if we don't have school fees, if we don't have money for, for clothes or for shoes or for rent sometimes, at least we do know with the 10 a month um, contributions that we actually can guarantee them food and particularly medicine because unfortunately uh, some of the children are HIV positive and obviously that uh, makes them even more vulnerable at the best of times, never mind in these circumstances. So it's basically it's a real lifeline. And it actually, you know, it actually is not an exaggeration to say that it is actually keeping children alive, you know. Are you seriously concerned about the, the, the general health of the children who are now back in their homes and foster homes for the time being? I, I, I genuinely am because the, where they live is, is known as the, as the slum or the ghetto and they live in corrugated iron houses that are 10 feet by 10 feet and they are separated from each, from not from each other, but the, the street on which they are placed is actually one metre wide. So you have a continuous block of maybe 20 10 by 10 houses in a row and across, a meter across from them, then there is another similar row. And then you have a junction and it goes off to the left and off to the right. So the idea of social separation or physical separation is just not realistic either within the houses or even from house to house. And in fact, um, unfortunately, before, before Christmas, uh, one of our, our girls that we had high hopes for um, we called her Anne for publicity reasons, but unfortunately she, she succumbed to, uh, to AIDS just before Christmas, just as we were hoping to send her back to school. And this was before, obviously, this, this present crisis came. So, yeah, we're very concerned. We, 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 we just want to make sure that they have food and that they have medicine when they need it. But uh, it is pretty, the situation is pretty dire. I suppose, given the emphasis in Europe and in Ireland uh, and the Western world generally on the coronavirus crisis. Uh, it's probably re realistic to say that the help that was given to uh, people like, like your people in uh, Kenya is kind of put on the back burner. I suppose it is to a certain extent because obviously, uh, I mean, economically even people are so worried, you know, that that's... Uh, it's the worst time in the world to be looking for funds for outside of the country because of the uncertainty that workers and uh, people are facing. And I suppose it's like everything else, whenever there is an economic crisis like that, it is the poorest of the poor who are, who are last on the list. And it's not because people are being selfish, it's just people are worried and uncertain. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to persuade people sometimes that, you know, these children... 
should be considered, and obviously if people are out of work or they're, they're worried about money themselves, they can't be expected to fork out their tenner a month. But for those who might consider they could afford it, you know, this is an opportunity to make a real difference to real children, you know, and give them a, give them a crack, give them a shot at life. You've been listening to the Kilcullen Diaries SoundCloud. If you feel you can help maintain hope, go to their website and sign up for the tenner a month. I'm Brian Byrne. Thanks for listening and come back soon.